From the minds of Australia's biggest live stage late night talk show comes a podcast too raunchy for the stage, too funny for the radio, too short for the Netflix, and too diverse for the Australian TV. Clean your ears and calm your fears. Your salvation from mediocrity is here. It's Edward Weekly. And Sam. All right, ladies and gentlemen, it is Ebsworth Weekly. This is the podcast about Australia's biggest live late night talk show out of its smallest, most isolated city in the world. We have uh, a great guest for you today. Uh, I'll introduce uh, everyone as is tradition. We have a little fart and a big follow through, Sam Cripp. Thank you very much. Give it up for him, everybody. You know him. You love him. Born in America, raised in Australia, dead on the inside. It's Colin Ebsworth. Well, you did it again. And just like his opening line on Tinder says, everything's better with a little Josh in it, our producer, Josh Mills. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. And we have an amazing... It, it is literal. Is <laughs> Every week of We rest. have uh, a great new uh, guest with us today. He is uh, a really cool contributor in the show, one of our favourite recurring cast players. It is Jackson Canny. How you doing, bud? I'm doing very well, Colin. How are you? Uh, this is adorable because not only do we love working with you and we've done a bunch of projects together, but you have been listening to the podcast, which is one yeah. step closer than any of long, my friends and family. Long, yeah. long time listener, first time caller. <laughs> the, I would love long time man, first, first time boy, Sam Crib. <laughs> <laughs> the first confirmed listener. I know yeah. the metrics say we have hundreds of thousands of plays, but it's not just millions. Made, I think you say, we know that the listeners say we have hundreds of thousands of people who aren't listening. So we're trying <laughs> to, we did it backwards. Our metrics show everyone that doesn't pay attention. It is. Like, what, 7 billion people. <laughs> oh God. So we do, like I said, we've got Jackson on the show and uh, he has listened to the podcast. He's familiar with it and he's come prepared I with have. his own little intro jokes. I've got, I've got some little intros. So both of you get back behind the curtain. I'm going to introduce both of you. I've got a couple of jokes for, for both of you. So um, welcome to the stage, uh, the default setting and God's character creator. It's Colin. Colin Ebsworth. <laughs> That's good. And then uh, <laughs> I've got, um, well, welcome to the stage. The answer to the question, what if instead of a vat of acid, the Joker origin story, he was thrown into a vat of mayonnaise? It's Colin Ebsworth. <laughs> I'm waiting for it to be Sam. I was like co- arm cocked to be like, ah, you piece of shit. Oh, it's me. Okay. And, then, yeah, okay. and then, oh, it's, it's coming. The punches are, oh, punches God. are coming. Oh. They're both very similar. The first one I've got is, um, welcome to the stage, uh, gluten intolerant Jesus Christ. It's... <laughs> I know, he's like, this is my body, but actually I can't have any because I'm gluten intolerant. (laughs) Everyone's like, no, shut up. Do you you have any gluten-free me? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm doing dry July, even though we're in prehistoric. Oh, not prehistoric time. (laughs) (laughs) Prehistoric Jesus. Jesus Park. Oh, my God. We're going to bring him back. We found a little bit of cum in uh, some amber. (laughs) What DNA do you have to mix with, with Sam to make a new version of him? Probably just like the grease at the bottom of a KFC bucket. (laughs) (laughs) They do move in herds. (laughs) (laughs) What long (laughs) tosaurus? Oh my god! Life uh, finds a way. Yeah, and I love the idea that there's just some fat little Newman character trying to steal his DNA, and then he gets all the way back, and they're like, "No, no, no, we wanted a dinosaur." (laughs) You mean I jerked that guy off for nothing? (laughs) Terry. I've got a second intro for yes, you as well, yeah, Sam. Please. So the second one is um, it's, it's similar, but uh, 
It's, um, welcome to the stage. What if instead of crucifying Jesus, they put him on one of those medieval torture devices that stretches you out? It's Sam Craig. <laughs> you son of a bitch! <laughs> I'll kill you! You're making me think of a couple more now because I really like this. I like the idea. All right, let's go. You, yeah, ladies and gentlemen, you've heard of a snappy hand, but what about the body it came from? It's Sam Craig. <laughs> Ooh, what about this? What about this? The, the guy that answered the question, what if Jesus Christ was actually a hell-ripped hunk? It's Sam Craig. <laughs> You know, because I'm because I'm hell jacked and stuff. I'm hell yoked. On the audio yeah. format, that's correct. <laughs> as far as the listeners are aware, yeah, I've got jacked. a six pack and I got a huge fucking bicep. Yeah, yeah. if For Sam was Jesus, yeah. he'd come back three days later, being like, "Guys, have you seen my iPod Shuffle? <laughs> <laughs> I don't own one. I just have you seen an iPod Shuffle? And he's got a picture of it. He printed off an Office Works. Have you got? How is it so small? But I'm so big." <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't understand. Okay. <laughs> anyway, that was great. Have you got another one? Um, I've got a couple for me as well. So if you want to put these prior, you've to, done your own thing. I've done my own one, Man, my own roast as takes well. To write Man, your own jokes. you're really, <laughs> you're really raising the bar for all the other guests that we have. Yeah, from yeah, yeah. This is ridiculous. I'm so, so impressed. If I, if I come on next time, you can you can reuse these ones. But it's a uh, welcome to the stage. A boy whose voice screams, "My favorite food is aioli." Is Jackson Kenny? <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then. The, <laughs> The other one That's is, um, <laughs> welcome to the stage. What if the phrase, he doesn't get out much, was terminal? It's Jackson Kenny. <laughs> <laughs> Brutal. Elaborate. You're taking comedy to weird new places, <laughs> and I love it. I'm here for it. That I'm was the, really good, yeah. man. I'm that the first great. guy who prepared for a podcast. Is, <laughs> yeah. Do we have an award for that? Can we first podcast prepare? I think, you, I think you just win podcasts. <laughs> yeah. Podcasts are, are done now. If you tried something new in any comedy format, um, I think the prize is you get blacklisted. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is Australian comedy, goddammit. This is going to be, be the... Carl Barron 20 years ago or die. <laughs> this is going to become the band episode. He tried something new. Yeah. We, we can't release this. Oh, yeah, no, he broke up the band. <laughs> Sam, he broke Sam, up the podcast. This is an Asian girl I found at a bus station. God, Sam, you got to stop doing that. Yeah. <laughs> she broke up the band. <laughs> Her name's Yoko. My name's Amy. Okay. <laughs> Such hey, a beautiful a, language. Such a beautiful language. <laughs> So, guys, we have had a, a really big week. We've locked in our main guest for the next show, an incredible artist, probably one of the biggest we've ever had on the show, um, a local musician named Riley Pierce, uh, who is Shuckers. a lovely guy. I've known him for, for a while. And, yeah, he's just gone on to – started busking at, like, the Fremantle Markets and is now touring around the country. I had management in New York, so, like, that's why it took a while for us to be able to lock him in. He had to, like – had to send emails to New York. Yeah, I didn't even know that. Was it, hello, at New York? What do you do? Hey, can you just... I sent, I sent an email, printed out, and then just wrote New York on the front, put it in an envelope. <laughs> I don't know why. Get this to Rudy Giuliani. Yeah, definitely. And I put in some anthrax, so I knew it would get to the States. <laughs> um, so anyway, uh, he's a very big guest. He's going to be coming on, doing some songs, which is great. We also have uh, Andrew Wolf as our guest comedian, and we're going to be That'll announcing- That'll be an experience. That's a That'll be fun. Bear. Yeah, anyone who listened to last week's episode, and by listen, I mean anyone who put a speaker near their ears and was yelled at for an hour and a bit really gets where he's coming from. <laughs> 
this is great, but we're very excited to have him. We're also going to be doing our first Q&A segment. So we realized that uh, there might be some stuff that people want to ask, you know, Riley and other guests. So during the break, we're going to give people an option to write down their questions, put it on a Q&A box. Uh, if you come down to the show, if you do that, we'd love to have you. You'll get yourself a free sticker just for doing that. And then we're going to read out the questions. So uh, we're Jim. very happy to have Jackson on. You got your start in a, a wild thing because we're obviously in the most isolated city, I think, in, in the country, if not the world. It's, so oh, yeah. It's in the world. It's in the whole world. Yeah. And out of that, you came from a regional area, Geraldton, five yeah. hours north. What was it like getting into stand-up from that area? Um, I was very, very, very lucky. My You you guys know Julian Kenny, my yep, cousin, who's mistaken um, for my uncle a lot of the time. How many people in your family have done stand-up now? Your dad, your mom? My dad, my mom, my brother, and my sister hasn't actually done stand-up, but my brother's done it. Um, my cousin, um, my two of my other cousins who are Julian's brothers have also done stand-up. And then yeah. almost everybody has done some form of improv comedy, which is- And now um, rank them from best to worst. All right, number one, <laughs> number one, Mark Kenny. Uh, <laughs> that dude is a joke writing machine. It's crazy because I live with him now. Yeah, my yeah. dad. He is like the Stephen King of joke writing. He is we, just like cranking him out. Mark fans. Uh, he, played know, he played Skomo. He played Skomo on our sketch. Big fans of the counties, they're a huge supporters of the show and have done way too much for us for no reason. We really don't get it. So uh, I guess what were the opportunities? Because we're coming out of Perth, which is a smaller comedy scene compared mm. to the rest of the country, especially like you know, New York, London, LA. What was it like in regional how do you even approach that? Yeah, like like I said, Julian Kenny, he started up the Comedy Hour in Kalgoorlie even further away. And mm, then they eventually moved that. to Geraldton. Yeah, so that's like even more yonks away. Started an hour night um, a couple times or maybe once a week for a while um, where it was just like punters coming in, drinking at the bar, that kind of stand up. But mm. when he brought it to Geraldton, he had this like idea where he was like, we want to do lineup shows and we want to do all this stuff. And he came in and, and kind of taught a lot of us how to do stand up and how to write jokes and obviously we got yourself down a few times, yeah, Colin, a man, couple of props to people. Julian. That's an incredible, because it's one thing to be like, hey, mm. we're going to do a comedy show. Then we're going to do a comedy show in regional Australia where you have to organize Yeah, we were doing him like getting people in. every he, couple months yeah. for a while and we were but writing then, new material. It was, he, he was like, teaching you guys how to yeah. do it and then giving local people opportunities. Like no one cares that much. That was really was insane, cool of him yeah. to do that. Very yeah. rare for like a venue runner to like create a venue, but then also create the comedians for it. He's like, we're going to have a show here and we need comedians. Yeah. I'll make them as well. Like, yeah. and, and <laughs> Really just playing God. It's Literally, and it sounds like I might be biased as well, being having the same last name, but we often had people, I remember like almost every other Wednesday when I was from the ages of 14 to about 16, it was at a little co-working space in the city and just folks would rock up and be like, I want to write some comedy. And we're like, set up a chair, cuz like <laughs> come in. What were you doing to even know about comedy? And this is like, was it TV? Was it movies? Was it yeah, sketches I was, and YouTube? How yeah. did you find it? I was always um, interested in stand-up. I really, really liked it. But growing up, I was like always interested in, in performing arts and things like that. Um, did you do drama at high school? Oh, I did do drama What's Drama in, at high school, like in a regional in a regional state. area. What it was <laughs> yeah. is that I was super into it. For, Space jump. What do you mean I got to leave? <laughs> no, literally. <laughs> I let you stay here your whole life. <laughs> I went to a public school, and not to diss or name any names, but I did it in year ten and eleven. I did drama. I was like, this is awesome. I want to keep doing this. I want to do this as an ATAR. And then the school was like, drama is cancelled. Yeah. I didn't do it in year twelve. They were just like, nobody wants to do it, so we're not going to do it. I was like, I want to. So do what it. was your elective? <laughs> what did you go into? I went with visual art. Because okay. it was the only one left and I can't paint. This is, okay. this is what, my, were, what, what were some of the projects for visual art? We what had did to, you have to do? So 50% of our grade, this is, this is my, one of my favorite things that I've done, is 50% of our grade was a written assignment, 
like just essays throughout the year. Yep, for, for something ATAR. visual, makes sense. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> essays about Definitely. shapes. So, and so stuff. that's fifty percent of the grade. The other fifty percent of the grade is is one piece that you that you submit at the end of the year. You submit a big piece of artwork that you did. Are there any parameters or guidelines for, it or is it just it was just something? like if you can submit it and it and it passes like whatever grade thing that they had. Um, I did not end up submitting anything because I'm real bad at art, and I think I got a either a forty eight or a fifty because I was real good at writing essays, <laughs> but I did nailed not the essay know portion. nailed the essay portion, but did not get a single thing when it came to actually drawing anything. And they were like, oh, I guess you pass like <laughs> you can write essay columns and then I went on to do comedy <laughs> oh my god you didn't well you didn't go into the the Geraldton Tribune <laughs> what's the, the, what, tr- the Geraldton <laughs> Geraldton get Gerald? me photos of meth man <laughs> <laughs> there he is he's swinging from from wheelie bin to wheelie bin <laughs> Uh, look, so that's a really interesting journey. And then obviously now you moved back. It's kind of weird. I've seen comedians that have lived together. Sam and I have done it. I know a lot of mm. comics have done it. I've never seen two comedians that are related, father, son, live together. How the hell does that work? Yeah, it's it's um, because I moved out for a little bit and then moved out for a while and then he needed to work in Perth for a little bit and he was like, oh, I need to get a roommate. And I was like, bro, I'll move in with you. And because we had that little Imagine time Imagine if he said no and picked someone else. <laughs> no, 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 it would be so funny. But oh no, because God. he was like, he was like, oh, you're going to be all right living with your dad? Like, is, is that not going to make you feel bad? I was like, bro, you're not like the average dad. This dude does stand up and he writes comedy. He's like a mate <laughs> yeah. of mine. It's literally like living with a mate because That's he does fun. not dad That's me so anymore. Cool. Like he's like, bro, can you do the dishes? Like, <laughs> but it's not like- <laughs> I told you before, bro. <laughs> but it's literally like- rent. The tone of it isn't like, I'm your dad, do the dishes. It's like, oh, bro, I'm a bit like hungover. Can you do the dishes for me? <laughs> like, so it's funny. so. Are you ever like, hey, you were a bit loud last night. Can you guys just like, can you keep it down when you're fucking my mum? Yes. <laughs> when you're my roommate's fucking the my mum. <laughs> Oh my God, this is awful. <laughs> oh God, that sucks, man. Because like once you come, you just got to sit there and listen to it. It's <laughs> there for ages. Oh my God. No, you know? it's, I've, She's I've... like, call me Jackson. You're like, what? Wait, why would the woman <laughs> is happening? Oh my God. <laughs> Isn't that wild? Because if you're with a girl and she's like daddy and then your dad's like, do you need something? Oh, I'm sorry. I, mis- I misread this. Oh, yeah. sorry, no, that's correct. Because I've, I've had that where if I bring anybody to my apartment, they're meeting my dad. Yeah. <laughs> like that's the, that's. Do you tell them it's or so just say that this is my weird this older my roommate? roommate. <laughs> this is just my middle-aged roommate. It looks like me. They're like, are you living with you in the future? <laughs> Look, we met in the, in the time. <laughs> we met in a time schism. Yeah. This is the it's multiverse like- version of me. <laughs> It's, it's like a looper thing, but he couldn't bring himself to kill me. <laughs> so now we're just living together. So like we, like I said, we love having Jackson in the show. He's wrote some of our favorite lines and we get him largely to do a lot of our, uh, the adverts and stuff that we do to break up, which is just some of our funnest content to do. We, you know, write for a bit, spend a whole day with Josh recording and then we just kind of put them up and they, they're great to break up the show. But mm. I wanted to ask, what are some of your, the favorite ones that you've done? Because I've got mine. I know what my favorite is. Oh, Jackson's? The the favorite ad? Oh, man, that's a hard question. I was Also, thanks very much, boys, for having me on and, you know, getting me to do the ads and stuff. It's so much fun. I enjoy it. (laughs) You're great at it. The amount of people that don't know that you don't do this professionally is is mental. The amount of people who are like, oh, it's multiple times it's happened where they're like, man, that ad, who have you you got to do this stuff? Yeah. It's funny that you ask, like, my favorite one because I got real bad ADHD and it's one of my favorite parts of coming and watching the shows. Partly why I, I love working with it is, is coming and watching, but 
it'll come on and I'll be like, that was a really funny joke. This and voice like, sounds familiar. Yeah, and literally. And I'll be with dad and he'll yeah. be like, that's your voice, dickhead. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that one of the most satisfying things as any comedy or writer, anything associated, like Josh similar for doing the music, hearing something you've done months, even years later, mm. not realizing you've done it and enjoying it. That's the closest you'll come yeah. to ever creating your own stuff. And that's mm. happened sometimes. Like Sam's been like, hey, well, I've had a whole, you know, and we've gone through it before. There's a massive file of all the things that Sam said that I've written down so we don't forget. And Slurs. He coined, yeah. <laughs> Bigotry. Yeah. <laughs> already, already. I know. He coined the term gabalist. So. <laughs> I can't, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's so I wish I did. <laughs> That's genius. Um, you, you've got a very nice, rich, deep baritone. Thank you it's so much. Very smooth. Very, yeah. Thank Silky you. smooth. For a boy who is. A boy. How, how, yeah, how old are you now? <laughs> I'm 22 at the so moment. So you're a. You're a 2000 baby. Yeah, that's correct. Only 2000 have made freaks. one of the rarest ones to go, guys. <laughs> we only have a couple of these cannies left. Call in now. Limited edition, minted. With the voice these of are- a fully grown man who's yeah. been smoking for decades. <laughs> Do you yeah. know my favorite? You came out, the doctor slapped you on the ass and you went, fucking pay me. <laughs> you, went, you do not get the fucking pay me. You went, put me back in. <laughs> oh my God. My favorite ad that you've done, Jackson, is the anti-piracy one. Uh, I tell you what, uh, we'll we'll play that later. We'll get uh, Josh will throw that up because I, I really like that one. So that was one of yours, Sam's. Mine's mine's got to be Barry's blips. <laughs> I fully agree. I was Barry from I was... Barry's blips. I remember writing that, being like, "Man, this is the funniest." And then for the next week, I went, "This is nothing. This is not a thing." <laughs> the idea was that it was a guy who was trying to sell people on blips, right? Mm. And then it, he quite clearly has a concussion. From a blimp crash. <laughs> from crashing a blimp. blimp crash. And it just gets more. And the funny thing was, Josh and I were talking, we were like, okay, so we've got this really long series of ads. And then Josh was like, no, let's break it up and put it throughout the show so it gradually gets worse well, and worse. Full on. And we played her in the show and it, like it worked. People were like, oh shit, it's the same guy from before. <laughs> it's like a Netflix drama. It's yeah. all coming out individually. And, it was like a fucking Marvel movie. <laughs> it was, it this, was a, this the Barry Cinematic Universe. <laughs> <laughs> this is the Blimperverse. It was like the first time we got to see where the jokes could work like that over an extended period. And it was great. One of my favorites, and I'm realizing this now, I was like, man, the Red Rooster one, but I realized we, we cut your audio and I redid it. Yeah. <laughs> I know, but I did enjoy doing that one because but, it was a good, like, you were like, push the voice more. And I was like, really getting the grab down and listening yeah. to it. So it was a good experience so of that like was, learning voice acting stuff. That was one, but you made the funniest contribution there and it's still one of the funniest things that's ever been in the show. We were talking about, um, the idea is that Red Rooster is a, is a chicken brand here in Australia and we are talking about how wrestling, live wrestling is returning to WA um, outside Red Rooster, Northbridge uh, <laughs> our party district at 1am because people are always fighting outside of yeah. and we had this whole thing and then the last line was like, what are you, chicken and chips? Yeah. But before that we had this thing, we were like, give him the pile driver, give the chair and then Jackson goes give him a Tropicana box and it was so fucking good uh, which is one of the you guys you and Mark have so many amazing contributions like that which is it's that kind of stuff that really I don't know I guess it's just very sweet on my end if I could be genuine it's very nice because it's like people like this enough that they're contributing mm. which is great yeah exactly it's always been especially with me and dad we love the comedy scene in general even though I've stopped doing stand-up for a little bit. I'm always at all the shows. Like Luke Joseph Ryan's always like, you've still, you've got the the hunger for it. And oh, I was definitely. like, uh, still there. I've got a little bit of the hunger, but also this is just the rooms that I've been in for like almost yeah. 10 years now. This is just what yeah. I've been doing. I don't know any other place to go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's one of those things, man, anyone doing stand-up, if you're ever in a rut, take some time. But also if you want to instantly get like a little, get a real strong desire, go watch a stand-up show where you're yeah. not on. Holy shit. I've oh written, I write heaps. Like yeah. I write so much. It's like and- being in a restaurant 
like by yourself and you see a couple, it's like, fuck man, I never want that. <laughs> it's like, it's, like, it's, be, it, like, being it's like jerking off to pornography. You're like, that looks fun, doesn't it? Wish I could do that someday. <laughs> Look at them. They're both smiling and stuff. There's 17 of them. Guys, we're gonna, <laughs> 17 of them, man. We're going to cut to a quick break. Dad's uh, there. No, I'm just kidding, no, I'm just kidding. Jackson's there. And Mark's there. They're all there. Oh. <laughs> Why oh. did it go? It went from like a porn thing to you doing like a, I had the craziest dream and you were there and you were there and the sound guy was there and the gaffer was there <laughs> and there were a couple of showers and there was a fluffer there. <laughs> Anyway, Sam's got both the vibe of the lighting guy and the fluffer. That's why he's he's so good. I mean, you have to take on two jobs in this economy. Yeah. <laughs> are, you, are you kidding me? It's crazy. He's the for petrol to get to the to fucking shoot. He's yeah, which one are you claiming the tax-free threshold on? <laughs> he's the Uber driver that drives the that drives the um, fake taxi. <laughs> you know, I drive I the fake pick, taxi. I pick you up and take you to the shoot. <laughs> yeah. The economy is so bad. It's also a real taxi. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're gonna cut to a quick break. Have you ever bought or rented a movie that wasn't quite right? It may have been an Australian film. Did it have Russell Crowe acting or Baz Luhrmann directing and so claims to be Aussie? Was it based on a Tim Winton coming-of-age novel and will be played on a loop in Year 11 English classes nationwide? Perhaps it was a historical drama from Australia's colonial past that glances over certain key genocides. No matter which of the three stories that are Australian film, these movies take in hundreds of dollars in ticket sales a year. And that could be going to Disney. Do your part to stop the spread of Australian film. And instead, go see a sporting match. Authorised by the Department of Sport. You fucking drama kid. Oh, hey, look at the drama kid, hey. Look at him. Oh, hey, where's your bag, drama kid? Oots. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, I'm going to be cool when I'm 40. So that was one of our favourite ads. The other one I really liked is SBS Go, which I, I really want to turn into a stand-up bit because it's actually, I think, <laughs> really relatable. The idea that uh, teenage boys just watch SBS after 11 p.m. when, like, before you could get porn on the internet, that was one of the easiest ways to be like, honestly, tits. And you're like, okay, I'm going to watch a foreign film. Uh, and so that it was, was- It's probably the- best way to get kids like to because they're going to look at tits but put it in like a really well-made movie that's got like mm. nice messages maybe they'll learn something yeah definitely <laughs> that if was because you- that's the one that you got me to do as well i did yeah. that one as well it's funny that you got me to do it because being a 2000s baby there was no point in time where i did not have access to internet pornography yeah I don't know. we were life. one of the last generations that found a dirty magazine yeah. in in a park somewhere and use that. Share it amongst your friends. <laughs> Good yeah. fun. And you were like, guys, are you fucking looking at how sexy this is? They'll beat it by 10%. <laughs> guys. All right, guys. So we're going to cut to our favorite segment here. It's Reddit on Reddit. Sam's going to pick out some news stories that he found on Reddit that uh, resonated with him. Um, <laughs> his core truth uh, in the sense that they made no sense, were confusing, and put a lot of people off. Put a lot of people off. Perfect. Diary of a Wimpy Kid actor Ryan Grantham plotted to kill Justin Trudeau. Ryan Grantham, who starred in Riverdale and Diary of a Sorry, Wimpy Kid. Sorry, what? No, stop. How does, how does, hang on a second. How does Diary of a Wimpy Kid have higher billing than Riverdale? <laughs> so the headline is Diary of a Wimpy Kid actor Ryan Grantham plotted to kill Justin Trudeau. Listen to this. How old he is. Listen to this. Just keep saying that opening sentence again. Listen to this first paragraph. Ryan Grantham, who starred in Riverdale and Diary of Wimpy Kid, pled guilty to second degree murder in March for the murder of his mother. 
and according to CBC, had plans to kill Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau. Oh, so he like was in the murder game. Already. He was Whoa. straight up murdering. Yeah. That's insane. Killed his mum and was like, you know who's next? Justin Trudeau. This is what happens with your bully kids. This is fucking <laughs> what happens, man. Did you read that diary? Yeah. <laughs> diary of a wimpy kid talking about bringing a gun to school and stuff. Sounds like diary, diary of a of a pretty confident kid. <laughs> he killed his mum first. It's like he brought the gun to the house. He's like, don't come to the kitchen table tomorrow. Kind of, <laughs> kind of a... Wow. Passes a note to his dad. <laughs> don't come to breakfast tomorrow. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, Just to clarify, it wasn't... That's not the main actor. No, it's not the main actor. Okay, but he I was thought in it was it. the main. Jesus yeah. Christ! All right, well, this kind of changes it a bit, but I, I like. I thought that was the main. Like, imagine if I don't know what's a, a, a kid's. Imagine if Bronson from Round the Twist turned out to be Pauline Hanson. Actually, that's that's pretty. That's a that's an episode. <laughs> that, that's that an would episode. be a wild episode. Have you ever been sick of the amount of immigration? <laughs> <laughs> According to CBS, Grantham, 24, rehearsed the murder and filmed himself. He also filmed himself after the murder, confessing to the crime and showing his mother's body. Grantham mentioned his plan to kill Trudeau in a statement to police as well, and he read excerpts from his private journal, which I guess would be the diary. (laughs) The outlet said Grantham never made Trudeau's residence and instead went to Vancouver Police Headquarters to turn himself in. No way. So he didn't even go through with it? No. Nah. Grantham allegedly prepared three guns along with ammunition, multiple cocktails, camping supplies, and directions to Trudeau's house he printed off Google Maps. Sam Campbell, who we all are big fans of, he's got this joke. Uh, <laughs> he goes, um, so I, I, I read that uh, that book, Diary of a Wimpy Kid. <laughs> Stupid Anne Frank. <laughs> 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 So uh, I think that's an appropriate point to end on, Sam. Elephant tramples woman to death, then attacks her corpse at the funeral. (laughs) You know why? Because an elephant never forgets, okay? A seven-year-old woman in India was trampled to death by an elephant and her corpse was then bizarrely attacked by the same beast at her funeral. Wait, so the elephant, this was a separate thing. The elephant came back. It was the same elephant, attacked her twice. Um, Elise said the woman who'd been fetching water from a well... In eastern India on Thursday, when the elephant came barreling towards her, the elephant had apparently escaped from Dharma Wildlife Sanctuary, located the next suburb or the next state over. So the elephant trampled the woman, who unfortunately died of her injuries at a nearby hospital. God. Her family was then performing her last rites before lighting a funeral pyre when the elephant allegedly returned and grabbed her body, throwing her into the air and then running away. Yeah, I know we shouldn't laugh, but what the fuck is is this elephant's deal? Because elephants have been shown that they can remember people very well. Exactly. There has to be more to the story, right? There has to it's be like more to the story. like a elephant. He's just- you know, here's the thing. We always blame, you know, the elephant, but the elephant could have been the victim in this situation. And this is why we need elephants at every school. The only way to stop a bad guy with an elephant is <laughs> a good guy with an elephant. <laughs> oh, God. Maybe this is like the dark, gritty reboot of Baba that we've all been waiting for. <laughs> <laughs> Baba got his fortune. Baba goes bye bye. <laughs> Dumbo Unchained. <laughs> <laughs> I guess if you had to be 
trampled by any animal and then have them return to your funeral and cause a scene, what animal would it be? I could probably list off a bunch of celebrities that I'd want to do that. What if but... it was an accident though? What? Because you ever think like, what if the elephant like walked past and then went, oh, geez, I hate when you step in human. I can't, this is, <laughs> he's like, someone's like, hey, can you take your hoofs off when you come in here? He's like, oh, I'm sorry, I stepped you, in. And you then he's, blood he's, on a, he's on his way to like a very, uh, like an elephant board meeting at the watering hole or something. He's just like, <laughs> oh, geez, I'm running late. I got a And he goes, oh, again, again. And he doesn't even know what he's doing. He's having the worst day ever. He's just he's like, actually oh, very forgetful. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Surprisingly forgetful. <laughs> Out of everything that you could ever want to interrupt a funeral, what would you pick that's like, this is what I, this is what I would go with. Mm, interrupt your funeral. I'd probably have to prearrange this beforehand, but I'd go online and I'd find a Sam doppelganger. <laughs> and I'd get them to like dress in like a suit, but have a kind of bloody and stuff and like look disheveled and like kick the door in and be like, stop, stop the wedding. That's ridiculous. And I mean, then give people a glimmer of hope and then be like, ah, I got you. Sam actually paid me to do this. And now that I'm here and you're all staring at me, I am. Um, I'm very sorry for your loss. <laughs> you know, there's those the people. There's the people you can hire that will interrupt a funeral and read out secrets and stuff that perhaps the deceased person wasn't didn't feel confident to be able to tell. Or like, <laughs> so there was a, someone comes into my funeral and is like, Sam paid me to come here and read out this secret at his funeral. I, Sam Crib, was the person that blocked the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> That's all it is. Yeah, at the thank you. <laughs> at the funeral. <laughs> How did he manage it from beyond the grave? That's My a, final prank. They didn't, he, couldn't, ship. he couldn't fit in the he couldn't fit in the crematorium, so it's like there's still a bunch of legs. We just to flush the rest out. We we actually talked about that the other day. Like Sam's funeral would just be five coffins long ways <laughs> because just like you're in a magic trick that went together. wrong, and they tried to saw you, but like it wasn't a trick. <laughs> Uh, this is so stupid. Jackson, what would you like to have to interrupt your funeral? Um, a bunch of dudes, like FBI looking dudes, black suits, glasses, just come and just are there at the wedding. Oh, sorry, at the at the funeral and at my wedding as well. I want them to be at <laughs> all events that I'm at, just it's like the, spying on me. It's the same event. <laughs> I kind of want to go in the Sam direction and have a guy run in and be like, this whole thing's fake. This is an imposter. This coffin's empty. And then flip it over. It, not empty. I roll out. Um, but Willy Wonka it. Forward backflip, forward backflip. Mm. I'm sorry, <laughs> forward, forward, forward no, no, land, land, land on my neck, instantly die. <laughs> again, you played the most elaborate comeback and you die, dude. <laughs> That's like if Jesus was like, he came back three days later and then the boulder they moved out of the way rolled out through me. Hey, Jesus, how'd you come back? Everyone's slowly running away and a boulder just screws him again. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Oh Jesus. <laughs> He comes back another three days later. It's like, I'm oh, sorry, guys. You would not believe traffic was terrible. Uh, all right. Well, what's the, uh, what's the name? Man spends $8,500 a year on a Pepsi addiction. This guy's addicted to Pepsi. This is like my, this is my diary you're reading now. This is, <laughs> this super, is me. Yeah, that sounds pretty accurate. I, I go through a, a stupid amount of, of a year? No sugar. A year, yeah. If you had 8, to set a week. Okay, well, let's hear how it breaks down. Supermarket worker who spends $8,500 a year guzzling 30 cans of Pepsi a day. Okay. Oh, my God. 30 cans for two decades. He did it for two decades. He said it was cured after he was hypnotized. Oh, my God. His throat's got to look like a hallway in a yeah. public school in America. Guys, <laughs> can we pull up a photo of this guy's teeth? This is insane. <laughs> 
That's so crazy. His teeth is probably in his butthole by now. (laughs) (laughs) Andy Curry, 41, downed a litre of the fizzy drink every morning and then continued to drink a further nine litres every day. Does he not eat? My tongue would get full from that much. Yeah, Yeah. I couldn't handle it. Sipping on estimated 219,000 cans of Pepsi, nearly 18,000 pounds of sugar, or the equivalent of 7 million sugar cubes. Was he a big guy? 266 pounds. Okay, it's like it's big. It's not like... What does that equate to? Someone do the math. It's It's 2.2, so uh, 130, 120 kilos? No, 200 how much pounds? 266. Yeah, like 120 kilos. So it's only a little bit heavier than that. Dude, what? He said he's always loved the taste of a nice cold Pepsi. That's so upsetting. Hey, fucking I like, bet he does. Nothing. Can you imagine if he was like, it's fine, I guess. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't know. If it, was, if it was vanilla Coke, I'd understand it. But what if Pepsi? No, he's what like, if he actually had an addiction to Coca-Cola, but whenever he went out, they were like, we actually only have Pepsi. <laughs> yeah, what if he's- No, I'm thinking the opposite where he's like, they're like, do you like Pepsi? He's like, oh, I prefer Coke. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was like a Pepsi ad or a, I think it was Pepsi. This kid goes up to a vending machine. And he, and he gets a can of Coke and he puts it on the ground and he gets in, and he puts in some more money, gets a second can of Coke, puts it on the, on the ground, uses them to stand on to reach the Pepsi button and oh. then walks away with a can of Pepsi. Yeah, I saw that as a kid and I was like, fuck, there's no coming back from that. Hey? <laughs> That's fucking devastating. You know why That's they have to do brutal. that? Because this is something we learned about in marketing like years ago, one of the biggest fucks up, fuck up in like modern, uh, I guess, you know, product marketing history. Was Pepsi ran an ad? They had uh, a large amount of market share. They were they were the most popular back. Pepsi or Coke? This was Pepsi. Pepsi wow. back in the day. So was Pepsi was big, winning. Yeah. Coke is more popular in Australia, but it was really like Pepsi had a massive dominance um, for a long time. I think they only they wanted like the fifteen percent market share that Coke had, and they dominated the rest. So they, they got greedy. A, yeah, they ran an ad campaign that was you drove in a car, and it was this guy that offered two people two you know, unmarked cans mm. and they drank it and they went, oh, this one. And then like he revealed it was Pepsi. Mm. Um, oh, the Pepsi blind test. Blind test. The blind yeah. taste test. And it made people so curious about what Coke tasted like that everyone swapped over to Coke and Coke's market share went up to, uh, Pepsi's went down to like 40% and they've never been able to recover. That's crazy. Yeah. I heard a bit about that as well. The reason why Pepsi pretty much always won in that blind taste test is because Pepsi has a bit higher sugar content. And when people just taste a little bit of it, they're like, oh, this one's more sugary. I, I I like it. Apparently, when they first started doing it, there were three drinks: Pepsi, Coke, and that RC Cola, that like cheap, mm. that cheap mm. name brand cola. RC Cola won every single time because it yeah. had more sugar, and they were just like, let's just get it out of the test. Yeah, <laughs> let's just remove it altogether. Yeah, I, but I, yeah, because they just couldn't. Yeah, I I love. I could talk about Coca Cola's marketing forever, which is my favorite thing about three guys, white guys on a podcast. Let's talk about Coke's marketing. Yeah. <laughs> Hit me with it. Oh I like God, how it makes you want to start a band and stuff. No, but that's I love that the ads, because Pepsi did that, where it's like, we taste better than the other cola, and every Coke ad is like, having fun on the beach with your mates and shit like that. And it's insane to me, thinking about it, how crazy that they invented Santa, like as a concept, Coca-Cola yeah. invented Santa, like this thing that kids believe is real that's not real. A company like that has market share over shit convinces kids that this magical thing is real and all parents are like, yeah, that sounds about fine. That's fair. That's fine. What are the things that we take for granted like right now that are things that people believe or whatever could have been started by a company? 
Mm, that, pretty that vaccines sure, work. Uh. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure the, the that US, was also started by Coke. They put they put two vaccines next to each other, <laughs> and then he got injected by him, and then everyone died. Oh my god! Um, I'm pretty sure the US government started 9/11. Yeah. No, definitely. that one's confirmed. They that put one's... two buildings next to each other. <laughs> <laughs> Which one falls first? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Building seven is the home brand Coke one. <laughs> well, that's like, uh, just remove it. Yeah. Just remove it from the test. Last the lunk. <laughs> it also later it says he doesn't drink Pepsi anymore and he drank water for the first time in two decades. Oh, wow. If you had to drink one thing for two decades... Or one thing for the rest of your life, what would it be? Water. And you, you can't die. say come. <laughs> well, I pick come. What? I pick the rock. Blend it up. <laughs> That's so a, funny. I would drink my own medicine. What would you? <laughs> uh, no, I've got a story about drinking stuff though. Alaska school thought students were getting milk for breakfast. They got floor sealant instead. <laughs> What do you? What do you mean? But it would well, have I'm come sorry in a if bucket. you heard milk, but I clearly <laughs> floor sealant. Like you Got floor sealant. Milk comes in little milk cartons or, or like bottles. This comes in tins. A <laughs> set of milk. So shortly after breakfast was served, children began complaining that the milk tasted bad and was burning their mouths and throats. <laughs> Idiots. But then, how is the milk being served to them? It just says in the spring of 2021, one pallet of floor sealant was erroneously delivered as part of a shelf stable milk shipment to a warehouse used to store food for the Juno School District, the district said in its latest update. What so, country is this again? This sorry? is Alaska, Alaska. In the States. So, <laughs> the milk's burning my mouth and throat. So, the crazy thing is, I love this floor sealant. These kids just didn't shit for two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> But also, um, how shit is their usual milk that the person didn't <laughs> spot the difference? Do you know what I mean? How many times? I've never they been like- They just thought it was like a higher quality milk. Yeah, yeah, I've never been like, man, I really want a Pepsi. Here, get me a flathead screwdriver so I can <laughs> shimmy this tin open. <laughs> I just love the idea that all the kids for like two days have that milk mustache, but it stays there for like two days. They're all just really high because they're inhaling paint fumes. Their grades went up. Sick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's like, listen, um, in all the district said 12 children and two adults drank them. Kent was, <laughs> two oh, adults drank them? <laughs> I understand the kids, but two adults. The, they were peer pressured by the room. You don't fucking lose one. <laughs> drank the chemical believing it was milk. After the children complained, staff immediately smelled and tasted the milk and looked at the container labels and quickly found the children had actually been given slightly scented liquid floor sealant resembling milk. <laughs> God. How does it have the same, like, texture and consistency? And it comes in the same little cartons. <laughs> Man, Such an uh, inefficient way to ship it. That's yeah. just public school system to a T. They're just like, hey, this kind of looks like that. So it's probably the same. <laughs> I mean, they're right next to Canada who have their milk in bags. So yeah. it's like, they were like, we deal they're with this. They're like, give me some shit. of that Pepsi now. Mmm, soy sauce. <laughs> <laughs> Man, that is that is just mental. Uh, well, look, that Pepsi thing is clearly the most upsetting of those three stories. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I'm glad we saved it for the end. That's ridiculous. It would be crazy if he swaps to water and then just as he swaps to water, gets his life together. Elephant. <laughs> elephant comes through. Turns out to have been like a ten year long ad for Pepsi. <laughs> like an elephant never forgets. Yeah. When crush you your thirst. <laughs> All right, guys, we're going to cut to a quick break. We'll be back in 45 seconds. Do you want hot, sexy, non-stop adult content? Well, we've got the channel for you. After extensive research about viewing patterns and asking people what they really want to see, we've taken the 10 minutes of nudity from foreign films after 10 p.m. and made that the whole channel. SBS fucking go. The sexiest foreign-dominated thing in Australia after Elizabeth Key. 
I really like that ad. That, so that was the SBS one that we uh, mentioned before. It's I'm always watch more SBS. All right, guys. So we have a, a great segment up with uh, uh, Jackson now because he does a lot of the ad stuff with us. We thought it'd be great to look through some famous ads and some slogans. And uh, obviously these ads slogans make sense in the context of the ad, but they don't by themselves. So we want to do some literal interpretations of what we think ad slogans are about without the product they're advertising removed. Obviously eat fresh. Eat fresh. And then he went to Jaya where he ironically will be eating buttholes. I think eat fresh. He ate, he tried to eat a little too fresh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he, uh, That's that. Okay. Just, you should have left that one on the plant a little bit longer, Chad. Oh my God. <laughs> Sprite, obey your thirst. Yeah, sounds like it would be way better for OnlyFans. I just imagine like the 1984 movie, you know, the ad for it where they throw the thing at the big screen. It's just like that, but it's an ad for OnlyFans. So it's up on there. What are you talking about? Do you know what I'm talking about? That was like a FedEx about? ad or an Amazon ad was or something. Was it really? Yeah. I thought it was an ad for the movie. I know that only from the Simpsons reference to it. Yeah. <laughs> where they throw it. It's I a like bunch the- of mindless drones watching a big screen and the screen's like, obey, obey. And then some, I'm pretty sure it's for like, like fucking FedEx or something. And then <laughs> someone comes actually. and someone comes like running through, like breaking through security and like just throws something, probably like a FedEx package at the screen, breaking it and then freeing all these mindless drones. And then and what, it was on the, TV and you're the, like, what the, the box f- exploded? You're like, FedEx, <laughs> we'll send anything. <laughs> <laughs> And then, and then, and then, a young Ted Kaczynski was watching it. <laughs> Anything you say, yeah. I've got a uh, Tourism Australia, the iconic one. Where the bloody hell are you? Oh yeah, that was for Tourism Australia, but it could have been repurposed in the Hunt for Maddie McCann. <laughs> <laughs> but it's still an ad for Australia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, here somewhere we know it. <laughs> Oh my god! So it's a repurpose it as a slogan for Uber. I'm like, where the fuck are you? Like, <laughs> <laughs> they're always calling me. <laughs> she, she was watching the app. Like, he's going the other way. Yeah, literally, where the bloody hell are you, bro? That is. <laughs> what about the M&M slogan? Melts in your mouth, not in your hands. Another I mean, just for, for sea cucumbers. <laughs> I don't know if you know this, but if you pick up sea cucumbers, they'll just melt like they have. Yes, a- we've all seen the first Jackass movie. <laughs> This is true. All right. What was the what's the slogan again? Sorry, it's M and M's melts in your mouth, not in your hands, which is bullshit because they will they will melt in your hands. We have a bag of M and M's here. Josh, can you pass one over and we'll do a test? Yeah, they're from our sponsors, discount stores. All right, guys, watch this. I reckon you'll see in a shockingly small amount of time. Get that ASMR. Is this the it's ASMR real. podcast? I now? would love to do an ASMR segment of just eating M and M's. I'll just, get the just blue anything. one. It's just weird. We have this. to ASMR stuff that we've talked about throughout the podcast. I thought it'd be so funny. I'll get the blue one, put it in my palm, and you'll see within a couple of seconds the blue starts just coming off on my hand. We can have this here for the rest of the show, and we can check in. We'll on. keep it real time. Look at fucking Sam doing some science over here. Yeah, this is back Look at Sam doing science. Yes, back outside. He's like, also sometimes Look I put that. eggs in the sink. It's already coming off. It's already blue on my Myth hand. Busted. <laughs> Myth busted. And it's just Jamie and the other guy have just, guys, we have we have got to change our underwear. <laughs> I, I love the idea that um, Jamie is like, oh, I, I busted that myth. And then he rolls over and he's like, did, did, did you get there as well? <laughs> yeah. She's like, oh, yeah, I busted. I, 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 oh, yeah. I definitely I, busted that myth. I busted. I, I busted like two or three myths. Yeah, definitely. That's <laughs> Yeah, for sure. <laughs> This is a great one uh, for Jello brand Jello. Uh, there's always room for Jello. I like the, <laughs> that. That was it. That was an ad for something 
so different. People are like, hey, it's two detectives. I got to go stop going back to detectives. I just think it's so funny for me and sad to role play like that. Um, <laughs> me too. <laughs> we're two detectives and we're like, oh my God, I've never seen so much carnage. You want to get something to eat? <laughs> There's always room for jet. <laughs> There's always room for jet. <laughs> it looks like this body won't be the only thing getting gradually harder. <laughs> Did you guys, if you guys are detectives, can you investigate why the reading and writing hotline tells you a number? One, three, double, oh, six, triple, five, oh, six. But it's for people who can't read. That's so I funny. always thought I, that was the... I think one of the first like <laughs> what are they going to do though? Line squiggle, fat what number? Skinny number, <laughs> angular number. Like what is it for back before when they had like an operator on the line so you could sing them the song and you just start one three two and they're like oh, I know who you're calling. Don't yeah, I? you could also just say rewriting hotline. <laughs> Maybe that's what yeah for people that didn't know numbers they're like um, got the hots and they're like okay we're gonna put you through the subway. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was definitely like one of the first seeds of a joke in my child brain, watching that ad and just being like, hang on a minute, something about this isn't right. <laughs> There's something here. This is another one that is true, but I don't think they realize why it's true. Uh, Monster Energy Drinks, Unleash the Beast. <laughs> yeah. They really hit the yeah. nail on the I don't know if you've ever head. met anyone You that came in here monster. drinking a um, monster. I did. I did. And I punched that hole in the wall over yeah. there. Yeah. It's quite impressive. <laughs> yeah. But only because, you know, you can't say take a punt on the cunt. <laughs> Become a fucking monster. I will. I'll do. How about um? You guys remember the Paul Smarter White Milk? The I just want milk that tastes like real milk. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All this milk I've been drinking recently <laughs> tastes like fucking floor seal. <laughs> so yes, it could be a slogan for that school or a slogan for grinder. Either way, I think it works. <laughs> I just want milk that tastes like milk. There is one here that I think I, I'm gonna have to do a little bit of backstory here. This one should be an ad for North Korea. I don't know if you know this, but Kim Jong. Uh, Un has a serious problem with gout because it's very hard to get cheese into North Korea and he loves it so much and he eats it constantly. And I think that would be a better North Korea, dangerously cheesy. <laughs> <laughs> Move over Cheetos. It's Kim Jong-un, baby. And he's flaming hot. Dangerously cheesy could also be used to describe Josh's Tinder profile. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. I don't like uh, Rice Krispies. They've got a terrible one. It should not be Snap, snap Crackle, crackle and Pop. pop. That's no, for that's the fucking dead. mob. <laughs> I thought that was the Australian uh, organization of osteosufferers. <laughs> <laughs> and their names were Snap, Crackle, and Pop. The most iconic of all time, the Cancer Council, Slip, Slop, Slap. That's that been, that's also... been co-opted into the Australian lexicon. But yeah, yeah. Was, but that, that could a... also be used for our VB Monster. <laughs> Monster. <laughs> slip, Slop, Slap. I was thinking Joe Biden on the bike. Did you guys Sorry, what? what? Joe, Bi Joe Biden fell over on his bike. Recently? Yeah, today or something. Can you pull it up for us? Yeah, sorry to pull derail. Joe Biden fell over on a bike. Yeah. Why was he riding a bike? Oh, he wasn't riding it. <laughs> he went, what an interesting chair. <laughs> and then <laughs> fell asleep on it and fell over. <laughs> He's probably not used to it because it didn't have a massive front wheel. <laughs> <laughs> that one took me a second. That would have rolled Trump. If Trump had a fallen off a bicycle, he'd be suing the earth. He'd be like, <laughs> these flat earthers, I can't believe it. The liberals and their gravity. That was the biggest wheel. Can you please go to the YouTube comments for that video? I want to see. What's I want to see a couple of them. I love YouTube comments. It's just like. I can't help myself sometimes. It's so good that like, I don't know. 
Bart Lover 89 can do post whatever he wants with unlimited amount of characters on YouTube. And it's so funny because his original bus when they were doing the election um, campaign was I'm riding with Biden. And the idea that I'm riding with Biden and everyone's just got a concussion. Oh he led us into a steel mill. <laughs> Is it crazy. is weird as well the, how the YouTube algorithm works. Like you'll watch Joe Biden falls off of his bike and then YouTube is like, do you want to see wrecked feminist videos? <laughs> yeah. Joe do Biden owned know? by gravity. Yeah. <laughs> if you enjoyed that, you'll enjoy maybe learning about how the deep state's controlling our every movement. Yeah. All right, that brings us to the end of another Ebsworth Weekly. Thank you so much, Jackson, for coming on. Like I said before, we have an amazing show coming up July 14th. Downstairs at the Record Bite, you can get your ticks from megaticks.com. We have our special guest, uh, musical sensation Riley Pierce, along with Andrew Wolf and a bunch of other talented performers. If you have any ideas or anything you want to throw our way in terms of questions, feel free to come down. We'll be giving out a free, cute little Ebsworth Tonight bumper sticker for everyone that submits a question in our brand new Q&A segment. We also have a bunch more content coming out. We've just put out Matt Storer's brand new music segment, which was an absolute hoot and he's absolutely crushing on social media. So check him out. If you want to get more of Australia's biggest live, you can sign up to the Patreon. We've got all our extended cuts for everything going up there. Follow us on the socials. Tell your friends about the pod. We'll be back next week with another amazing guest, Michael Schaefer, who is a, a terrific Australian comedian and writer for the project. So it'd be really great to get his insights on working on uh, another talk show. Thank you so much for uh, hanging around. I've been Colin Ebsworth. I've been Sam Cribb. Namaste. I've been Jackson. Namaleev. <laughs> get the fuck out. was brought to you by Puppy Breath Records. Find us on Facebook and Instagram.